Welcome to another Bite Side. I'm Seamus Byrne and I'm slowly getting longer and longer in my speech for some reason. <laughs> and I can't stop. Nick Healy, help me. I'll come in a little quicker than that. How are you, Seamus? How's your week been? I'm I'm doing all right. Um, it's funny, we had lovely weather and then today is like cold and wet, but in that way that most of the winter didn't seem to be. And I almost, you know, as I talk about it, I'm like, and I'm talking about the weather outside, which is a nice change from talking about catching diseases. Oh, look, very much so. And um, for what it's worth, we haven't got that cold yet, but it is a bit of a humid day here, expecting some rain, um, and we won't get back chilly again. But I'm not missing it. Um, Dubbo winter's a lot cooler than I thought they were going to be. <laughs> I remember once thinking about moving to somewhere like Oberon, and partly because I was like, Oh, they get snow sometimes, and that would be nice. But I've then seen the temperature uh, around there now that, you know, you just kind of like to keep an eye on regional temperatures for some reason when you live in regional areas. <laughs> you just... kind of weirdly get obsessive about it. What's someone else doing? <laughs> What's their temperature like? <laughs> um, I've got a reasonably serious thing I want to talk about. Um, cool. Because uh, I, I think over the last few days, everyone would have been hearing um, about a very disturbing video that has been doing the rounds, I think, on TikTok at the moment. I believe it started off in Facebook, um, has been on Instagram. I don't want to go in the details of what it is. I think you probably know it if you've heard people talking about this. It was front page of the Daily Telegraph today, so certainly people are chatting oh, right. about it. Yeah, right. There's a lot of concern that it has been. It's a video of, of, of extreme self-harm. And it's been edited in a way that uh, might encourage kids to click on it. Some people are saying they've seen copies of it that have been edited in with like puppy videos and cat videos and things like that. And um, there's been a lot of conversation about, well, where's the responsibility? How do we stop kids from having a look at this? Whose job is it? Is it the platform? Is it the parents? I wanted to talk to you. You're a tech-savvy dad. You have tech-savvy kids. Have you had the chat about the video? Um. Look, we haven't talked to our kids about it, partly because they're, neither of them are on uh, social media platforms. And it's not that we've banned them either. Well, you know, our daughter doesn't have uh, a phone yet. Our rule is when they get to high school, that's when they have one. Um, and our son just, for some reason, quite pleasantly for us, has just decided he can't be bothered joining up on these social media things. Um, so, yeah, that's been a nice thing to make this kind of discussion a lot easier at the moment but um it was something that when i first spotted the news early yesterday i did actually um send a message to some of the kind of school leadership in case they weren't across it um just to kind of flag that it's like it's not something that i think at the time you wanted to necessarily um you know proactively tell the school community to be careful of because that in its own way is like you know waving the flag that there's something interesting over here. Um, but more that particularly for the, you know, the pastoral care side of the school, mm. that it's like if some kids have encountered this because of the way it particularly works on TikTok, and we'll get into, I guess, some of these differences, but um, that it is something that could just be put into your feed without you knowing it, and you could encounter seeing something like this. And it can be then really tricky to know what to do about it, Especially if, you know, that old question of, oh, I'm not meant to have looked at this thing, so I don't know if I can talk to an adult about the fact that I've seen something that's really upset me. Um, 
and trying to create, you know, just that sense within the school leadership that it's like some kids might have seen something upsetting and you want to have that awareness so you can respond to that appropriately. But that is the really tricky part is we know there's a lot of peer pressure when things like this crop up. You know, there might be one kid who's a... Uh, dare I say it, a little bit edgier than some of the other kids who wants to talk about it. You know, you should say it. Everyone needs to say it. How do you, how do you begin a conversation that says to kids who are so worried about where they fit into a hierarchy of school, it's okay to be left out on this one? I, I, I just, I don't have good answers, and it's really interesting how we pursue the idea that technology, as you said, can be putting this in front of kids, in front of adults too. It needs to be said without. Anything on our part, we're not going looking for it. We are being tricked into saying it. Yeah, and look, I think it's it's it is important to make that distinction here that while it started on Facebook um, as you know a, apparently a live stream or something like that, um, that these things get captured and reshared. But on Facebook, everything that appears in your newsfeed is based on things you already choose to follow or people you are friends with, whereas. TikTok is, you know, part of the success of TikTok is that it dropped that whole friend-focused set of relationships in in how things are shared to you and the way in which you discover new content. You know, it was much more algorithmic. It was based on an eight. Well, it is based on an AI kind of an engine that is trying to learn what you're interested in, what you like, and to then sort of give you, you know, other kind of bits of viral content that you can kind of like or skip or whatever you want to do. Um, and so that is why so many more people have probably been exposed to it through TikTok because it is all about sort of sharing things that are becoming, you know, higher on the trend list and higher on that virality sort of list um, into more people's feeds. Um, and so that's where it was both easier for it to get to more people who didn't expect to see something of the kind, um, but it's also partly why it's harder to control its spread when they, you know, they absolutely moved to to cut out the original sharing. They've then had to keep, you know, jumping on people, trolls basically, who kind of mm-hmm. reshare it um, and they're you know, banning accounts that reshare it. And then, as you sort of said earlier, then this kind of recutting of it. I mean, it's it's an old technique people have used on YouTube for a long time to try to get around copy protection systems because, again, all these kind of copyright protections and things are all algorithm-based. They're looking for a signature of video. But then if people kind of slow something down or speed it up or change colors, all these kinds of things they can do to try to manipulate how it is identified um, on yeah, by those algorithms means that people can kind of mess with this stuff and keep pushing it out there. And it's very hard for it to be automatically removed. And when you're at this kind of scale, it is incredibly difficult to stamp this stuff out if people are intentionally trying to disguise it. I just, this is very, very unusual. I have quite genuinely just been sent an email from TikTok. Um, they obviously heard me discussing this on air this morning. They've sent an email via my chief of staff uh, to be attributed to a TikTok spokesperson because uh, I've been commenting on this today. Um, just in part, it reads, our systems together with the moderation teams have been detecting and removing these clips for violating our policies against content 
that displays, praises, glorifies or promotes suicide. We are banning accounts that repeatedly try to upload clips and we appreciate our community members who've reported content and warned others against watching, engaging or sharing such videos on any platform out of respect for the person and their family. It does say a few other things, but that's the main meat of Mm. it. Seamus, this is... Not new. This is, uh, I think, a particularly harsh iteration. But, you know, we we could go right back to Goatsy for the idea of tricking people into seeing things they don't want to see. Yeah. It's often very edgelordy. This seems like it can be quite dangerous in this particular instance, given what the content of the video is. Yeah. And, look, I do think there's kind of a positive aspect out there of people trying to yeah, there's been a very active effort from other people to post things with warnings. Even people just kind of trying to say things like, you know, if you see something along these lines at the start of a clip, Stop. skip it straight away because, you know, it's not something anybody wants to see. So, like, things where people have been trying to search for those ways to give people a warning without sort of necessarily going into details, but they just try to give you that hint so that if it does crop up in your feed that you know enough about what you know what follows in in the clip to get away from it but i mean it's like you it's so right in that like i've had a time in my life where a colleague literally sort of went oh have you seen this video and it was like again right we're journalists we kind of look at all sorts of things but this person was kind of showing me this thing from a documentary but it really was you know a moment where something genuinely horrific happened mm on the set of a movie, and I was like, why did you just show me that? Like, that is not okay to just show. randomly think you didn't need to warn me about what was what the content of that was about to be. So it's like some people can quite, I mean, like, innocent's not the right word, but they can quite, I guess, naively just think, oh, well, if the thing exists, then we should all by now be okay seeing things. And it's like, you know, even regardless, as we say, of the kind of the, the school age kind of exposure to these things, it's like adults also have the absolute right to go, I don't feel like I should ever have to accidentally see something horrific on the internet. And it is a real issue where, you know, this stuff's at such scale at the moment, or like it's reached such scale that it is so hard to control it. I mean, again, sort of the Christchurch issues. Uh, from you know last year was sort of such a big part of the same thing where it's mm. like there's so many assholes out there who think it is so clever to kind of try to reshare these things and to surprise people with these things out there and you know it's not okay and you know those liability questions do become quite interesting where you sort of think at what point does it become a case of saying it's not enough to ban someone's account if they reshare this stuff is there a point at which we need to be able to say, um, you know, resharing this piece of content becomes criminal because it wouldn't be passed, you know, this would actually not pass our ratings system. And it's almost like, do we need, you know, a system within it? I'm literally making this up on the fly right now. It's like, if there was some kind of, you know, system within the ratings board to be able to go, well, actually, yeah, we've we've now given this, you know, an appropriate rating to say if somebody distributes this, uh, on purpose, 
then you're actually now liable for a fine or something. I don't know. I don't know how we actually go about policing yeah. that or where we could, given the, the various jurisdictions. Just yeah, a, exactly. Just a couple of things. You know, we've been saying kids, but, of course, you know, I'm seeing uh, commentary on social media about people um, with children in their late teens who have been very, very upset by this. Adults can be upset by this. I, I should be saying young adults. It's not just a kid's issue. Yeah. And as you said, um, anyone uh, who sees it could find it really upsetting. This is this is right back to the history of the internet, though. I mean, you know, yeah. one of the first genuinely dark, popular websites, if you remember, was ogrish.com in the 90s. And it was just dedicated to 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 images like this, to to war crimes footage. I mean, that's yeah. that's what people went and sought out. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, it's like it's just there's so much kind of mess attached to it, and it is that thing. Of course, we're like more and more. Uh, yeah, like the more that the internet has become easier to use, the more this stuff kind of filters into spaces that we would consider, uh, you know, supposedly sort of better policed and more kind of, you know, better managed. But it's like, well, everything, you know, well, as we know from sort of the likes of Facebook, it's like every aspect of society also still has access to Facebook, even if most people's experiences are family and friends and nice kind of groups that they talk about their favourite stuff with, that all that stuff still lives in those same spaces. Um, but it's, I guess that's it. I, there were, I think the reason that this is so much in the news is because of that fact that it is so much harder to control what appears in your TikTok feed. Um, and... That is precisely why people have been able to become kind of really sort of famous in new ways through TikTok. Like mm -hmm. dance culture has kind of been, you know, incredibly well supported through TikTok and like all kinds of sort of new ways of being funny and entertaining and gaining celebrity status has sort of become a big thing on TikTok because you can go viral and you don't have to have waited for millions of people to start following you. You can just do a clever thing and other people will see it. And you're like, that's definitely been part of what meant TikTok could break through uh, that kind of stranglehold that sort of Facebook and Google have had over sort of so much of that tech giant dominance. Um, but this kind of moment is one of those opposite sides of that when it is very, very hard to stamp it out when the algorithm is entirely designed to just push things out to people in uh, yeah, unexpected ways. And look, we'll move on to a nicer topic in just a second, but I, thought, I had a couple of words here from Jocelyn Brewer. We've spoken about her before. She's a great psychologist. She's a parent. She talks a lot about uh, working with children in those digital worlds. She is uh, one of the people who came up with the idea of digital nutrition. She's basically said you can actually explain to kids that using the internet comes with risks and right now because of where we are and because of this particular video those risks are higher um, she says you can explain yeah. that the online world has a range of material that is not always safe and she says it's great to actually have a conversation about how to trust adults to keep you away from things that you can't unsee and i think that's a really good way of putting it yeah and look, there were some great points um, in another article I sort of spotted from New Zealand, actually, which was pointing out that thing of like not if if your kids kind of have experienced this or sort of, you know, younger people, you know, who've, who've maybe kind of seen this stuff that it's like, you know, make sure that when you're talking to them about it, that you normalize it, that, you know, that you tell them it is 
actually very normal and okay to be very upset or angry or confused about kind of something horrific that you might have seen. Um, that it's it also kind of points out not to overreact by kind of thinking, well, if something like this is out there, let's kind of take their phone off them again and, and you know send them back to kind of not having access because that's the kind of thing that means they won't be willing to talk to you if they stumble across things that have scared them because they don't want to lose their privileges. So it's like really important to sort of find those ways to be balanced about it, be open to talking about whatever they're feeling and and not make them feel like they're going to be in trouble just because something weird happened out of their control. All right, let's move on to something much, much nicer. You and I have been talking about the brand new iteration of Xbox consoles coming our way for a while. We have been, uh, yeah. in the words of the great ad, tell them the price, son. We've been waiting for that for ages. It got leaked. What did, have you seen the prices, it looks like? Have you, have you had a chance to catch up on this? So I've seen the US prices, um, which, you know, <laughs> then there's the fun guessing game of uh, <laughs> what is this going to convert to in dollary dues. Um, but Xbox Series X is going to be 499 US dollars and will launch November 10. And then the Xbox Series S is going to be $299. Uh, and the S is kind of, that's the newest reveal, which is the pure digital console um, and is like a much smaller little kind of body unit than the uh, Xbox Series X, which is, uh, you know, notoriously like a, a giant brick <laughs> of some kind. <laughs> now, look, you know, as you pointed out, that's US dollars. Um, we could do a dollar for dollar conversion, but that rarely has anything to do with what price is actually charged. I'm going to say that's actually less for both of them, even given that US pricing than I'd anticipated. They are, I think, aggressive price points. Yeah. Look, I think I think based on this, the Xbox Series S is going to absolutely fly off shelves because most people are done with the whole disc era. Like the idea, like I think it's important to continue to make disc-based media available but most people, I think, are going to feel pretty comfortable going, so wait, for that much less, uh, and I don't have to worry about the disc stuff, and and it's heaps smaller than, like they're saying, it's the smallest Xbox ever in terms of its size. Um, it's like, yeah, I think that one's going to absolutely hoon off the shelves. I think I'm my guess is $4.99 for Series X. I'm kind of guessing, you know, adding on the local not just the GST, but the local generic tax we kind of cop that I'm thinking it's going to be like $7.99, maybe even $8.49. They'll try it on a bit. And then Xbox Series S, like it feels like that's probably going to be $4.99 locally, I reckon. So, we, you know, we'll find out those prices later. But, you know, I, I always go back to this anecdote. and It's always about the PlayStation, the original PlayStation because if you actually converted what that was worth in Australia when you bought it back then, when it came out, and you made that into today's value, it was over $1,000 at launch. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, you know, we often talk about, you know, all oh, those, the prices are huge. Oh, what? 800 These are great price points. These are absolutely great. Do we need... The next generation, though, I can see the value of the X, same as you. And uh, I just got to say, you look at that design; it's actually beautiful, white with the the black I dot. It. It's an absolutely stunning piece of design. But I've heard a few people kind of rumbling about this on social media. 
are we really ready for that next generation already? I mean, I'm still using my Xbox. I'm still using the PlayStation 4 I've got. I, I went and got one of the pros. I'm not seeing any particular issue with them. I just, a few people have said, you know, I, I'm wondering if the next generation is going to sell the way they hope it will or whether it is going to be things like the Series S that actually take off. Um, yeah, look, I think I'm really sort of bullish about what this Series S is going to do, even if you compare it to the likes of um, like an Apple TV, right? That costs mm. uh, maybe a little bit less than this will cost, but you're not getting Xbox quality games along for the ride. You're getting you know, all those kinds of, you know, your set-top box type apps. They're all right there on the Xbox as well. Um, but yeah, you're getting this sort of incredible gaming experience too. I think the big things that people are potentially going to notice are things like, you know, like I guess the whole 4K gaming side of things is where some people are really sort of feeling like that's what, you know, they're waiting for because the consoles so far have sort of done 4K, but often, you know, it's like at lower frame rates or it's, you know, there's always kind of the little, little bit of kind of careful processing elements that they've been trying to do to make sure it delivers a good 4K experience, but not an amazing 4K experience. Mm. And I think now that sort of 4K is well bedded into, you know, the home entertainment arena and that processing power can really sort of push those limits. Uh, I think that's something that, you know, some people are going to notice. And, and I think there's a lot of expectations that this kind of Christmas, the, Supply will be relatively limited anyway because of production kind of slowdowns with COVID and things like that. Um, so it might be that, you know, it's kind of a good year for them to launch this new stuff, which kind of serves that hardcore audience first and foremost. They've all been pretty clear about the idea that the current generation consoles will continue to be pretty well served for, you know, at least next year. Um, and it sort of gives it that chance to sort of start to spin up a little bit. And then potentially, of course, we might start to see some, you know, some price drops and things by next Christmas that really then brings everybody else along for the ride. I think there's one thing about the Series S as well. I think I don't like I'm, I'm just remembering this. I'm not reading it in front of me, uh -huh. but it might be focused on doing like 1440p as its focus of resolution. Um, so again, it's like slightly less powered, but again, it's the kind of thing where it's, you know, halfway between HD and 4K essentially, but that's still going to look amazing for most people, which is why they've been able to pull off that kind of price point. It is. And, and from memory, it is one of the rumors. And I don't know if this was actually confirmed when Xbox did come out and confirm a few things, 1440p add up to 120 FPS. Yeah, right. And again, that frame rate stuff is actually what more people are going to notice. You know, uh -huh. I've had a G-Sync monitor for a few years now on my PC here at home. And yeah, at the time, I wasn't kind of sure, you know, what the deal really was. But actually, I feel like that has been so much more important to me. So G-Sync being um, the monitor will actually run synchronized to the frame rate that the graphics card is putting out. So instead of, like the classic issue used to be you get a bit of screen tearing if the refresh rate of your screen, or in, even in this case, you know, your television set is running differently to the 
frame rate that the graphics card is drawing the frames at. So things just kind of get out of sync. And so you just get weird kind of tearing on the screen. And it's like one of those classic things where it kind of always just felt like that's just part of gaming really for so long. (laughs) And then you, and then you get a screen that actually knows how to deal with it and just makes that go away. And everything looks smooth regardless of what it's meant to be doing. And suddenly you're like, Oh my God, like this is actually so much more important than what the resolution is, is just making it look kind of buttery smooth on my screen and everything's great. Buttery smooth. Yeah. I think that's all I want as well. I, I just, whenever something like this happens and I'm not going to go deep, you know, conspiracy here. When we see leaks like this, I always wonder if the leak was actually part of a very, very careful PR strategy or if it was a genuine leak. I can never tell. You're totally right. I'm like, <laughs> these days, absolutely, when I first saw that leak, I was thinking, so is this just the prep everybody for, <laughs> for what's about to drop? Um, like, is everybody cool with this? What's the sentiment tracker saying on uh, Twitter right now, everybody? Ooh, okay. There's a, there's a trend towards positivity. All right. Let's go. <laughs> okay, you're even darker than I am. Um, look, I've got to say, though, I'm pretty keen for it. Um, I've been back, you know, we talked about Wasteland 3 last week. Um, I've been really enjoying the Xbox. If if it is at a price point like what you suggested, I can see myself actually moving up to an X um, probably pretty quick, to be honest. Yeah. And, yeah, look, here at my house, again, it's like we've now sort of got two, you know, like I've got an office with the TV in here and then the living room. And it's that thing where I think there are people who have – multiple rooms and that feeling of just going, oh, it's not it's not a fussy disc machine anymore. It's just a set-top box and I just kind of drop it in there and I play some games and I could have one in each room. Great, bring it on. I think it really feels like, I mean, in the price war context of this versus PlayStation, I mean, this knocks it out of the park for Microsoft. Like everything that, you know, unless... Playstations. I mean, this feels like the winged kill thing, right? Because it's just, it's just like Playstations going, yep, we've got the most powerful new console imaginable. And it's like they're setting everybody up to know that it's going to be a bit more expensive than they were hoping. And then Microsoft is like, well, like here, the X is really powerful too. And it's this much. And now here's this second one that we didn't tell anybody about. And everybody can own this at a very comfortable price point. <laughs> Just a quick note on physical media. I did actually use the Xbox Xbox on the weekend to play a disc. I got home after a couple of drinks and uh, my house guest and I decided we, ne- we needed to watch the Australian classic film Hercules Returns. And of course, I have that on DVD, not even Blu-ray. Um, and fired up the Xbox so we could watch it on that. So I'm not going to lose my physical media. Thank you very much. I've got a tip because we are should be wrapping yep. up soon. I've got a weird tip, and I don't want to dwell on it for too long. But as I said, right. I had a house guest. We went out to the zoo because when you're in Dubbo, you tend to go to the zoo. Um, I then had to get back home and delete nearly every photo I'd taken at the zoo. Don't go to the zoo in the first week of spring. Every animal is uncomfortably horny. It is really upsetting. <laughs> I am a little scarred from watching the elephants and 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 there was 
I oh, I can't even. I, no, it was just awful. <laughs> the lions were the same. The peacocks were the same. There was not one bloody animal where I haven't taken an accidental X-rated photo where I'm like, well, we'll just be deleting that. Parents were covering kids' eyes at the elephants, and I'm not making that up. It was really quite remarkable, except for one bloke who I could hear on the other side of the enclosure shouting, go on, mate, get up there, go on, have a go. And (laughs) even that I I want to wipe from my mind. So there we go. That's my tip, just general, not even tech-related, just don't go to the zoo in the first week of spring. Have you got something more appropriate? I do. Look, we've all missed the fact that there is no PACs in Melbourne this year, Um, you know, especially, again, we – talked about on the show last year i took my kids last year for the first time it means they're exceptionally devastated by the fact that there's no special trip to yeah. this year um but pax online starts this weekend so this is a combination of their the australian event but also an event that can't go ahead in london and an event that would normally be happening in the US. So combine it all together and they're doing it as like not three days, but a 10 day online extravaganza. Um, it really kind of feels fun and exciting that they're trying to do as much of the experience as possible through a digital format. And the schedule is now available online. Um, so local time, it starts like early Sunday morning. But the kind of trick to it is that they're going, 24-7 across those entire 10 days. Um, and if you go to the schedule, which is online.paxsite.com, I'll put a link in the show notes, um, there's heaps of really, really cool um, streams and things to tune in for. I know some people who have um, who are taking play, part in panels. Um, I'm not sure. Did you sign up for any panels this year, Nick? No, I thought this was a great opportunity for people who um, weren't me to to maybe feel more comfortable doing a panel, whereas something yeah. you know in in person they might feel less comfortable. I thought this was a great opportunity for me to well take a seat and shut up for for one packs. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you kind of go to the thing, there's three separate streams because of course normally the panels would take place in a whole bunch of theaters and everybody gets together and ask questions, all that. But I know that what they've done this year is actually pre-recorded most of the panels. Most of them, I'm sure some will probably be taking place live, but, but by, by pre-recording a lot of them as sort of the folks that I talked to said is that it, it's meant that they've been able to make sure that you know, no technical hitches kind of ruin ah. the stream while it's trying to happen live. Instead, they can kind of run it live. And then I think people are, you know, encouraged to then be there to take part in the chat and things like that that will take place alongside it. So, you know, like a really good way of meaning people can kind of interact in real time while watching something that has been well produced to kind of know that it's going to run smoothly at the time. But because of that 24-hour, 24-7 cycle, it means that, you know, if you kind of literally on the first day, once you get into Australian time zones, you start to get things like, um, you know, Film Victoria funding, how the goose gets made. So it's like looking at, you know, the goose game and how that got made. Um, There's this great new Aussie game coming out called Enchanted that looks at Indigenous culture as kind of part of integrating that into this really cool um, game and so they're kind of looking at the background on that one. Yeah, so like 
uh, preserving Australian game history. Like all these things are right there, just like we would normally get from it being a local experience, but just really well sort of scheduled out so that if you're going to tune in in Australian hours, then you can check out all these really cool Australian things. And then you can then sort of, you know, overnight or get up early in the morning if you want to tune in for some of these things that are focused more on the US or the UK uh, time zones. So really, really cool effort. There's still also like a digital indie, uh, you know, uh, what's not an arcade or an alley anymore, is it? You know, no, yeah. Showcase. But that's it. They're trying to kind of digitize a lot of those ideas. I'm sure some of it might not work perfectly. Some of it will be a bit weird and awkward, but it just seems like they've done a really good effort um, to pull this thing together to have a good online experience. So essentially it'll run from Sunday morning our time through to pretty much Monday or Tuesday the week after. So at some point over the, over the next week or so, go check it out. And we'll be talking about it next show as well. Absolutely. We should wrap it up. If people want to track me down, I'm on Twitter. That is the best place to find me. And you can find me at, at Dr. Nick. That is D-R underscore N-I-C. And I am Seamus at Seamus on Twitter at Byteside, of course, is also on Twitter at the Byteside on Instagram. And of course, you can email us ask at Byteside.com and check out Byteside.com because next week there are new writers coming on board yes. and new cool things starting to happen. So there'll be lots of cool new things and we will talk about more of that next week too. Beep.